Hello and welcome to DKI Digital Era Entertainment's weekly anime podcast. I'm your host, Joel, and I have here on the line with me not one, but two co-hosts. Count them, one and two. First up, we have Jace. What's up, everybody? And broadcasting live from the West Coast, welcome back, the D-Man, D-Myth, D-Legend, Mario. Hello. Time to scream about anime. Woo. Yeah. Uh, our usual technician is unavailable today, so Mario is graciously stepping in, taking a little bit of time out of his very busy schedule. And he figured, well, while he's here managing the AV levels, or, well, just the V levels, we don't have much, or sorry, just the A levels, we don't have much V. Anyways, he figured might as well hop on air and talk with us. So, so happy to have you here, Mario, because, you know, it's been a very strong season. One of the things that Jace and I have been talking about is how this is just sort of a season of sleeper hits, that there's a couple shows that were very heralded, obviously Spy Family being the top of the line, Kaguya season three, but otherwise this season has just been so populated by shows that for all intents and purposes are overperforming. Uh, we have a lot of different things, but also we're gonna do a type of show that we haven't done in a very long time, and that's going to be a year retrospective show this is not our, you know, actual annual retrospective where we talk about the year that we have just finished, but looking back at a year that is farther past. Uh, looking back at our log of past shows, the last time we did this was for a 2003 retrospective, and this yep. time we're actually going even farther back, but we will get <laughs> to that in a bit. For now, we're just going to, you know, go over a couple of the weekly things, but also just catch up with Mario. So what have you been watching this uh, season? Because it's been a while since you've been on. Yeah. Um, so it, from what I understand, uh, some of the shows that uh, I know y'all have been talking about week to week uh, have been in my regular rotation. Um, the, the I definitely pushed a couple of them on you very early in the season. It was like, hey, Mario, <laughs> just a little bit. No, you don't have a lot of time, <laughs> but if you can only watch like three shows this season, here's the three. Yep. I, I know that I've kind of caused one to go a little viral in the uh, in the discord. <laughs> <laughs> Bless bless um so yeah the the ones that i've been maining have been of course uh you know comey can't communicate die for comey don't die for comey um (laughs) of course kaguya-sama season three uh that has been like at at first i was kind of like all right yeah this this is a fine continuation and then just out of nowhere that rap episode happened (laughs) Mm -hmm. oh god Oh my gosh. The special ending for that the special ending. Episode. The best thing <laughs> since the infamous, or I should just say famous, Chica Chica dance. Oh, very clearly. Like, <laughs> it, it's been a trend with that series that at least once per season, they'll just go hard for one specialty ending. <laughs> uh, you know, obviously the first time, I don't think it was with the intent for it to go viral. But you can tell these other ones, they're just like, all right, is this going to be our next Chica dance? And you know what? Mm-hmm. I would yeah. say this, and I don't know this if anything has close. ever quite <laughs> reached the heights of the Chica dance because oh, no. the Chica dance was just so perfect. It was in the right yeah. place at the right time. It was mm-hmm. right in the sense of bubbly. And boy, howdy, were those production values out of left field. But this has gotten very close. It's really good. Yeah, uh, and it was a bop, so, you know, A-plus to that. Um, Also, I have been uh, checking out uh, Love After World Domination. That was one that, from the very beginning of the season, I was just like, I'm going to shotgun this, as well as some sweet, (laughs) sweet tiger and bunny, because holy good God, we are hashtag blessed in the year 2022, because we have all this great tokusatsu and just general oh superhero anime to gorge on it's i mean just, hell mm. august august we're getting uh futo pi as well and i'm just like hey, yes we get to return to the world of common rider doll yes <laughs> oh that's right yeah 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 because we've got common rider so and and ultraman season two also dropped uh fairly recently as well so i did get to to yeah. binge my way through that because uh you know it made our honorable mention list uh, year one and I say this as a huge Ultraman fan. I, I I thought it was pretty okay. I I loved what they did with the manga adaptation uh, for updating the Ultraman mythos. 
Uh, at first, yeah. I was very put off because this was at the tail end of the the gritty reboot phase of, of Hollywood yeah. and just entertainment in general. So I was just like, oh, God, we're doing gritty reboot of Ultraman. But then I gave it a chance and I'm like, oh, this is pretty amazing. Then they said they're getting an anime. And I'm like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, season two definitely felt more like season 1.5, if I'm being honest. It was that mm. kind of like it was more of a transitional season, like a bridge, if you will. Mm. Uh, but if if you're a big fan of some of the additional, uh, I guess you could say, ultra family, definitely check yeah. it out. It's it's quick, it's easy, you'll get through it real fast. Um, I'm curious to see where they go with the story moving forward because I never spoiled myself with the manga. Um, but it's, mm. it, it's, it's fine and fun. Like, if you are a tokusatsu fan, especially an Ultraman fan, uh, you could certainly do worse. There certainly has been yeah. worse. <laughs> so, sorry, Jason. Yeah, I mean... The, the CG animation kind of threw me off, uh, especially in seeing like the aliens, you know, uh, at, at first, because I fell down the rabbit hole as uh, Mill Creek was putting out the Blu-rays and uh, I watched all of the um, Heisei, uh, Heisei, yeah, Heisei ones that have come out so far. Um, and like, it's it, it was so weird and jarring because you had the CG anime look, which back when season one came out was still kind of rough. Yeah. And then you had the aliens who looked very much like the actual costumes. <laughs> and I was just like thrown off by it a bit, but you're right. It's definitely a very captivating story. Once you get through that, and it's a good introduction to the ultra lore, so yeah. to speak, uh, at least for, uh, I always compare Ultraman to Dr. Who, cause they've been around for about the same amount of time and have you're about the same level of production. <laughs> And uh, yeah, like unlike Sentai and Rider, it has an ongoing lore, even if the seasons don't take place in the same universe, they have the ongoing, like the same aliens and everything. So it's a good introduction for people. And yeah, that Tiger and Bunny, Love After World Domination, Miss Kuruitsu. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is a Toku fans freaking or somebody new to Tokusatsu who's huge into anime might actually get drawn into it. So it's it's great for that stuff. <laughs> oh, absolutely. So, so we, are, we are definitely uh, having an embarrassment of riches when it comes to that kind of content. So I, that's why I had to single out those those in particular. Um, and then, yeah, another another one that has been in my regular weekly rotation. Uh, and it is completely because of you two. <laughs> <laughs> Birdie wings. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, so yes. did you see this week's episode? Uh, yeah, I, saw it. I don't know if I did. I I know I've caught up at least to last week's. Um, okay. Was it was it? Uh, yeah. When when does it normally drop again? Because that way I can uh, backtrack. Sometime between Tuesday? Tuesday and Wednesday. Okay, then I definitely did not catch up on this week's. Uh, so I've okay, left off week's, with. Mm. This week's choked me up a bit. Oh like, yeah. I didn't I didn't expect it, but just suddenly I was like, oh, oh my I eyes know are where getting going from here. here. That, that's like, not they, supposed to happen. This is only episode eight. Yeah, I mean, this is kind of like the fake out finale that a few other shows like uh, uh, Science Fell in Love have pulled, where if you had ended the show right there, it'd have been fine. Yeah, it could have had. Yeah, but there's a post credit sequence that will just kind of have you like hitting the feels after only eight episodes. And I mean, and we still have. Uh, I think it's four to go. Uh, it it might be a 12. It I'm pretty might sure it's at least uh, 12. Actually, interestingly enough, on my anime list, it does not say how many episodes will be airing. Uh, that's yeah. right, because uh, we, we've actually discussed this briefly on previous episodes. Since it is an original, we don't actually know. So it's un... Oops, sorry, bonked my uh, pops filter. Um it's not clear if there's going to be a 12 or 13 or if they're going to continue into a second core. We're just sort of taking the ride for what it is and enjoying it. And uh, after eight episodes, like if there was just four more left, I think I'd still be satisfied. And uh, I'm just enjoying all of it. But it's the type of thing that it, this has quickly gone from a sort of an outlier of, I, I will always say, Going back to the preview show, I said, this doesn't look like it's for me. It looks like it's just a golf show, and I'm not super into sports anime. And then yeah, my curiosity got the better of me because between and, the logo yeah. and the art style, I was like, 
yeah, does it, this it look was, like a Tales of series? Like it was an it anime was, well, you know, it's, review uh, that got me that I, I, that they said that the show was not what it seemed. I was like, okay, uh, I'll see what it is. And then I got hooked, and it has just become this dark horse candidate, honestly, for. I'm not going to put it in like top five anime of the year, but I could see this making the, you know, six to 10 range at this rate. So two things. Uh, <laughs> First off to Jace's point about uh, calling out that you're, you're getting some, some tales vibes from this. Well, it makes sense yeah. considering it is Bondi Namco pictures. This is true. <laughs> so, this is very true. And, Just uh, I, I looked up some stuff too. I mean, uh, cause the artwork style of course was calling to me a few different things and that pseudo like, like fake European setting mm -hmm. and a lot of the Caucasian themed characters yep. took me to another like earlier anime LR licensed by royalty. So between that and like tiger and bunny, I just was getting, and it turns out they worked on LR, uh, the person who's heading uh birdie wing. So I was like, no wonder <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's got a hell of a pedigree and Bandai Namco is just knocking it out of the park this season between that and tiger and bunnies. It's just like, Yes. <laughs> yeah. And then like my my other thing. So this this has been the interesting thing about this show. Um, so I'm actually going to. I'm going to agree. This definitely is going to merit some sort of mention this year if the quality stays the same. And like regardless of whether episode eight is where we're going to leave off for now or if there is still more to come, like if if it maintains that quality, if it comes back later in the year. Absolutely. Oh, no, it's, it's so continuing that it it's very clear that this is going to finish out the season. They are not done. We're more saying that the narrative arc that they have finished right now feels like it could have been an end of season. It, it's still airing. We know that much for sure. Yeah. Okay, great. Because, uh, yeah, they're, even on Wikipedia, it's just kind of like <laughs> final bullet. I'm like, oh, oh, dear. <laughs> like, this is, yeah, it, there's so nothing after this. Final bullet. <laughs> and like I said, it feels like it could have been the finale. It's very clear that it isn't. It's yeah, very clear yeah. that it isn't, but it's the type of thing that I could see it being a season one end with a teaser for season two because it was just that strong and that hard hitting. But it's clear that this yeah. is them, uh, pun half intended, teeing up for the final arc <laughs> of the season. And whether yeah. or not the final arc of the season is the final arc of the show or not remains to be seen. Yeah. So, like, they, yeah. here's here's my thing with it. Uh, and this is why, like, I would certainly not balk at an honorable mention for this show because i mean i was the one who championed uh iwakakuru uh sport climbing girls which that was that was my birdie wing <laughs> when that came out because it was like <laughs> what is this show this is amazing like i thought this was going to be weird and silly but no this is incredible um with with birdie wing i like the golf i hate golf yeah, but i like just the good. golf yeah i feel like the pitch meeting went something like this. They went, they present this show. It's going to be, you know, heartfelt sports anime focusing on golf. We've got these international competitors, ones from the wrong side of the tracks. She's just hustling to make her money. And then we have this, this heiress to a golf empire. And they're going to basically become, will they, won't they, frenemy lovers, what have you. Executives like, okay, great. I'm going to go see what else we've got. As they stand up to walk out, panicking the executive making this pitch is like wait there's a golf mafia golf golf, golf mafia golf mafia <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah yeah and like and like there's this whole uh, uh underground golf betting thing and stuff and um the, the um, rogue like um, uh golf course underneath everything <laughs> yeah, yeah automated they, got, golf they got like course. this automated golf course and and like uh, and we're gonna throw in all these references to like pac-man and stuff Executive comes back and sits down. It's like, okay, go on. Because <laughs> that's what it feels like. You had my uh, uh, interest. Now you have my attention. Like, because it really feels like it was, all this extra stuff was thrown in. And I, I generally complain about this because that was my biggest issue with uh, the detective is already dead. Here's the difference. And this is why I am, even though it seems like backhanded praise, there is actual praise coming here. Uh, even though it has all these elements that I, I really wish kind of weren't in this show because I feel like it really distracts from some of the better elements of it, it's not as, um, how do we, how, how do I say? It's not as derailing enough. It's as, not as obtrusive. Yeah, yeah. As, as all the issues that plagued 
uh, detective is already dead. Because there, it was, it was the same pitch meeting I just presented, but that them with like, oh, but it's aliens, but now it's robots, but it's alien robots and magic <laughs> stuff, and here's a giant robot. Like, it was, it definitely felt like that one, the pitch meeting got a little out of hand. <laughs> here, here they at least kept it to just, you know, the golf mafia, which already yeah, they, that is that a they've lot actually, to take it. They haven't fully developed the golf mafia. They don't need to fully develop the golf mafia, but yeah. it's they've it's, made the golf mafia feel compelling enough to work. Yeah, and it, I think that's the yeah. issue. Yeah, that it's not none of the enemies felt the compelling yeah, in Detective is already dead. It's incredibly unnecessarily extra, but it's not off-putting and completely rational, weirdly, within the context of everything. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also feel like, oh right, I forgot. They at one point they were also like but can we also do some VR? Why? Because kids love VR, right? You know, sword art, sword art. Mm -hmm, uh, sure, mm -hmm, let's, throw in, let's throw in VR. Well, well, yeah, uh, just so, like, do we need to use fan art? It means we can put one of our uh, main characters in a cat girl outfit, sold. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so, so I feel like Funded. it was, again, one of those cases of, like if they had kept it to maybe just the golf and the VR subplot, all right, I would, I would, have, been, I would have actually been good with that. In fact, I think I probably would have a much more overall uh, higher impression of it if it was just those. So like the golf mafia, I find it hilarious, but I feel like it just works against some of the drama, but they've made it work. And that's why I'm like, you know what? I'm on board for this journey. Let's see where this goes. <laughs> Everybody in I'm the loop so on car. <laughs> like, yeah. Let's, Get in, let's losers. We're going golfing. We're, we're following oh. sexy snake lady and hopping in the, the, the loop on mobile <laughs> to go golfing. <laughs> an underground golf mafia tournament, I guess. <laughs> I am so glad the absurdity of this came from my curiosity stemmed from Salaryman's Club, which was just another oh. bonkers. Like, I went into it thinking it was a office comedy slice of life with fan service sexy guys. And no, it turned out to be that and a hardcore badminton sports anime featuring a countrywide company versus company badminton league <laughs> and it's like i would not normally watch a sports anime but this drew me in and birdie wing did the same thing and swerved me with the the golf mafia and it's like well uh, okay you know like it's now bandai namco pictures but we know sunrise is part of that because sunrise yep. also did uh tiger and bunny originally mm -hmm. and sunrise is also responsible for a couple of the greatest of all time cowboy bebop uh like they understand certain things like drama and things like that the golf mafia felt very bebop-ish in a way so i'm just like i'm i'm just enjoying the ride and i'm glad my curiosity got the better of me because now like the discord is all like i i found a gift that was like it's birdie wing wednesday i'm like Oh, yeah, that's what I'm calling it from now. <laughs> yeah, pretty wing Wednesday, let's go. But yeah. I am going to have to sort of rein everyone in because uh, we're burning through a little bit of time. We do need to get to our main topic, and but I'm glad it, that we could sort of. I was going to uh, say, like, it's it's actually perfect that we mention uh, one of these uh, these particular shows that Sunrise has been involved with. Yes, um, because. Yeah, because. Because. Dot, dot, dot. Yep. Yes, as uh, we will discuss, the year in question actually is the year that Cowboy Bebop started up. Uh, and uh, thanks to everyone who is okay with us just sort of gushing every single week about Birdie Wing. Go watch Birdie Wing. It's 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 sort of our darling show of the uh, season. And I recognize we talk about it a fair bit. But uh, since Mario was in, we wanted to give him a chance to properly give his two cents since we knew that he was watching it as well. But uh, yes, our... Year retrospective topic for today is 1998. Last time was 2003. Like I said, we're going even farther back. And as was just suggested, this was actually the year that a little show called Cowboy Bebop aired. That was in the... Yes, indeed. It was in spring of 1998 that Cowboy Bebop uh, and Tank first raced the airwaves that uh, most people who have seen the uh, show will probably remember that it says Sunrise 1998 in the lower corner at the end of the opening. And uh, while it didn't actually get stateside for a couple of years, because, you know, back in this time, at the earliest, you would get maybe, maybe a nine-month turnaround on an anime yep. getting stateside, but usually it would take a year or two. And that's one of the things that really intrigued us about 1998 as a whole, is because 
while there's a lot of, well, numerically in comparison to today, not a lot of things came out in 1998 that most of these seasons have a dozen shows per season as opposed to the 45-ish that we get every season nowadays. But in this crop, there is a good number of shows that would end up getting released in the West, not just in the next couple of years, but actually for almost an entire decade that as anime would really start to become a thing in the West and that companies would look at different licenses and obviously the VA pipeline wasn't super developed, that they would go back and pick up different things. And so we would have these shows get picked up not for two, three, four, five years. And we're going to go through a couple of the ones that have made it stateside that have been big, uh, possibly call out a few ones that sort of catch our eye of, oh, this looks like a weird or interesting show. It never made it stateside, but it exists and it came out in this year. I have one that I've already uh, spotted uh, for different reasons as well. uh, There was was a point that I definitely wanted to to, uh, bring up because part of what made today's topic so exciting, 1998 was just quite quite an inflection point for two of the, mm. the three pillars that we have here at Digital Era Entertainment. Technically, you could argue all three pillars are covered by the year 1998 because it was a banner year for professional wrestling. The rise of the Attitude Era mm. truly manifested yep. itself. Pro wrestling hit the mainstream. But in the world of video games... Let me read out a few of the games that dropped in this same year. We have some absolute goats, like mm. a little thing called Metal Gear Solid, uh, this this relatively uh, unheard of game called Half-Life, Resident Evil 2, Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time, Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah. This was an insanely stacked year across pop culture and especially uh, Japanese pop culture, not just some of the shows we're about to dig into right now that, as Joel said, left a legacy a few years later in the Toonami boom, which we did cover on this show, what was it, two weeks ago? <laughs> yep. <Yeah>. But, but <laughs> even in, in the world of video gaming, you look at some of those titles that we just dropped, they are coming from you know absolute legends of the Japanese game industry because you have Resident yep. Evil, you have Metal Gear, you have Zelda all in the same year. It was the same way we're talking about this year being an embarrassment of riches for superhero and tokusatsu fans who love anime. If you were just into Japanese pop culture and by weird association, professional wrestling, 1998 was the goat. Take it away, Joel. (laughs) Yeah, so as we mentioned, we have Cowboy Bebop, one of the biggest names in anime history honestly, that uh, came out in this year. But I'm going to rewind a little bit, go to winter of 1998, because the way that anime seasons work is that you go winter, spring, summer, fall, and that's uh, how they delineate. Uh, Like I mentioned, in winter 1998, we only had a dozen shows, uh, a couple interesting ones. There was a Bomberman anime. There was... uh, just several others. One that caught my eye for multiple reasons, Silent Mubius. And that yep. is M-O with an umlaut, B-I-U-S. This is not Morbius. We are not Morbin out here. Thank you very much. <laughs> it is not Morbin time. It is not Morbin it's time. Morbin time. But, <laughs> but funny enough, funny enough, the description for this one uh, by Studio Radix the year is 2023, so this is actually projected to happen next year. Oh, it's our 25th beings anniversary known- of these shows. Yeah. That is Alien beings known as Lucifer Hawks have begun invading from another dimension. All that stands between them and the enslavement of the human race is the attacked mystification police department, a special division of the Tokyo police staffed by women with amazing paranormal abilities. There is no image for this anime that of all 12 on this scene or this season... Uh, we're looking at livechart.me, by the way, that um, our usual of any chart only goes as far back as 2003. So we had to. I, I was go to just a about site. to ask. Uh, can, can we that have this a is link the only site, or that chat. this is the only? Yeah, that this is the only uh, one that didn't actually have an image associated with it. But just you know, 
with the Morbin boom happening right now, seeing something called Silent Mobius, and I'm still just sort of tickled by the fact that it's an O with an umlaut, and the fact that it mentioned 2023. I was like, well, this is sort of a thing. But in terms of bigger shows, there were two really big ones this season. Uh, the first one, you actually have to get to the third word to recognize it because uh, the full Japanese name was not adapted in English. Kenpu Denki Berserk. Bum, mm. bum, bum. Yes, the classic, uh, and obviously the mangaka for Berserk passed sadly earlier in this year, but by none other than our friends at Studio OLM, the folks who bring us Pokemon, the folks who have brought us Odd Taxi. So they've been at it since before 1998. And, uh, you know, Berserk has become such a famous IP all around the world when it comes to manga and anime. We're not going to talk about some of the CG stuff that happened in the <laughs> mid-2000s. We, what what, what we CG will stuff sort of that happened? Even, uh, that. even in gaming, uh, even in gaming, because it did get a Musou, a Warriors game as well. Oh, was that the Dreamcast one, or is that a different um, one? No, there was a fairly recent one. Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, though. Um, uh, PlayStation 4, actually, oh. and uh, PS Vita. Yeah, Berserk right. Musou, yes, yes. also okay. known as Berserk and the Band of the Hawk. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so just, you know, seeing this one that it was as far back as 98 that I've always known that Berserk was a bit of an older series, an older show, but it's as we will go through the rest of these seasons to think of these different ones, and especially when there is only, like I said, a little less than half of the number of shows that are released per season now, the fact that we still have two or three per season that are ones that have held up over 25 years, that's an incredible batting average. Oh, yeah. If you think about, mm. all right, how many shows per year usually remain in not even necessarily the public consciousness, but just the anime fandom consciousness, I would say on average we get maybe one to five per year. But proportionally in if you're talking about how many actually really survive that test of time, it's going to be less because even at two, that is one-sixth of the shows because the second one that was released this season that I would call really big was, uh, once again, the full title was not adapted, but it was by Studio Sunrise, mm -hmm. Seihei Bunkyo, Outlaw Star. Yep. Like that, that thing was like the anthem of the tsunami boom for a little while there because that was that was like so the interesting thing about Outlaw Star is critically and commercially it was a flop in Japan. It had no right being one of the essentially first wave anime that that was brought over to the U.S. for for this this initial surge of interest in the early 2000s for the medium of anime. But by golly, it just resonated so hard when it hit Toonami. Uh, it's it's definitely fondly remembered by by folks who were, you know, really getting into anime at that time. Um, it, it, it has, a, I would argue it has like a 50-50 legacy. Like the the people who experienced it when it first came out, that was like, one of the one of the foundational anime for them as time has gone on it's i'll be honest i still have not seen outlaw star i mean this goes to my point <laughs> you know it's 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 one of those that people would not consider it a must see but it was a very pleasant watch uh and one that for many people was kind of formative uh to to their experiences with anime um, it, it's also one that I know that we've covered in earlier episodes when talking about, uh, you know, hot springs episodes because of the infamous censored episode from outlaw star. Uh, I'm pretty sure we also threw it in for, for the fan service episode. It's, it's been a hot minute, but this, this is one of those that has a very unique place. And it's one of the ones that I think only succeeded because of 
the 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 tsunami boom and where it was released and when because we're yeah and honestly of- part of it might have just been because it resonated better with an american audience that the type of action yeah. and story that it was telling uh not that it was a necessarily cultural one but that just you know different nations can have different sensibilities in terms of what they want in their action and it can be a really subtle thing honestly of just what they want to see and i guess for whatever reason it just hit right for mm-hmm. folks here in the states and in the west mm. whereas uh, i don't know if it was necessarily the branding or the storytelling that i don't think it was you know considered offensive or anything certainly in japan but like you said mario it just didn't really resonate it it was a bit of a flop there yeah and and i i say this as you know uh, someone who has been watching this stuff for uh, about 22 years now, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to put on the, the snob hat and just outright say it. If it came out today, it would be the most middle-of-the-road show. <laughs> like, even yeah. then, it was still, like, it was a miracle yeah, that, it, that it even right got for a spotlight. Time. Yeah, um, but that doesn't, that doesn't take away from anything that it has to offer. It's definitely something that, if you've never checked it out, give it a try. It's it's a really fun, interesting story. The cast is amazing. It has some quality waifus. <laughs> like, if that's your jam. Um, like, Melfina uh, is still... Clan Clan, still one of the best ones to me. Nice. Yeah, very very, very good taste. Very good taste. Yeah, I was always a, a Melfina guy <laughs> myself. But, see, the fact that we're talking about this, like, 20-some-odd yeah. years later, <laughs> like, that is... It's, it's staring me in the eye right now from my shelf, actually, uh, on DVD. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I just had to, to really give it its due because... That this was one that again, when it initially released, it was buried, but it just somehow managed to to transcend that uh, that abandonment to become a foundational piece of the the early tsunami wave. Um, feel free to to continue on, Joel, because we've got we've got a couple of yeah, like, heavy mean, hitters here, and we could also continue on to some uh, other I seasons because there's at yeah, least one so or two I, more that I can brush on two things. Yeah, so. the only other name that I actually recognize here. And it's one that I wouldn't necessarily call huge, but it's at least something I recognize is El Hazard. Yep. Mm. Yep. That yep. was that was one of those that uh, certainly when I was uh, getting into anime during that same period, uh, it was it was one of the big ones of the time. Um, I'm trying to think of like a contemporary reference, but it was it was one of those that like, oh, this came out a couple of years ago, but it's real good. It's like one of the best out there. And, and over time, you know, again, people of this particular generation would hold it in a higher regard than others because it it is still remembered and treated as a classic, but it hasn't yeah. reached that transcend uh, that transcendental uh, nature of some of the other shows we're going to be covering, like Berserk, like Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, uh, it's funny, actually. I remember Silent Mebius only because... Um, Oh, wait, and so you've is, actually seen this show? You know about yes, this show? Yes, I have. Oh, my I God. I don't know much because here's I plucked, the thing. I plucked it out of nowhere because of the name that, because morbing is a thing right now. <laughs> I mean, fair, fair so play. Here's, like, here's it's, a funny I, thing. I was sitting here just like, oh, man, that's a title I haven't heard in many moons because I never saw it. Yeah. It was one of those that was just I never even heard of it. Around. Oh, my God. So here's Jace, the crazy thing. <laughs> um, so I can tell you exactly how I remember watching it because back in the, uh, back in the 2000s, I still had a VHS and I would record stuff off a TV when I was too busy with school and stuff like that. I actually knew how to program a VCR. So I'd set the cable box to be on the channel that I wanted it to. I'd set mm-hmm. the time. On I the remember VCR. doing that. I remember doing that. And so there were two specific channels that carried anime that were not uh, sci-fi because sci-fi occasionally got it mm-hmm. or Cartoon Network. And that was Encore Action and g4 tech tv and uh encore action had uh anime midnight on friday nights at midnight and g4 tech tv had anime unleashed and uh as a result of anime unleashed they tended to get the adv films licensed things that didn't show up on cartoon network because they worked more with bandai and uh funimation but i digress silent mebius played on g4 tech tv as part of the anime unleashed block how so, do I there not you go. remember that? Because I remember they showed anime. Like that was one of like, especially when I was getting into anime, that was one of my one of my touchstones, if you will. Yeah. I don't know how I don't remember that. 
Wow. There is a lot of really obscure ones on that list. I will share it in the Discord in the anime uh, uh, thread so that anybody who goes on there can actually find this list because it was hard to find. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Man, and that's uh, hilarious. brief note on uh, brief note on Bomberman. Uh, that is actually a spinoff to the Bomberman franchise. If you look at the title, the full title is Bomberman Beatamon Bakugaiden. Wait a minute. That's right. <laughs> I recognize that. Yeah, that name sounds familiar. Then you might remember a little toy that came out called Beatamon, <laughs> which also had an anime that got adapted at one point yeah. in America. That's, That's right. This is Bomberman a spinoff spin to both Bomberman and Beatamon. What? <laughs> and, and it was done yeah. by none other than Studio Madhouse. This hurts my brain, y'all. <laughs> yeah, I, and I wouldn't have known about it if it wasn't for YouTube's algorithm pointing out an eight-hour-long retrospective of the oh entire Bomberman franchise, <laughs> which I just watched in chunks bit by bit because I was going to say, I really, really hope that, explaining Bomberman. <laughs> I really hope that was really hope that wasn't a binge. <laughs> oh my god! Oh god! It's too much Bomberman, especially when yeah. you get to Act Zero. Just no. Uh, no. Yeah, there we go. That's speaking of that's gritty winter reboots. <laughs> it's just classics and things that bled into America, and then oddities like Bomberman beat them on. Let's get into spring, April yeah, through June, nineteen ninety eight. Actually, has a whopping twenty five shows. Oh my but god! There are this one was freaking stacked. It really oh, is. I, I just not only do we have. Page. And the yeah. first four, would you, would you like to do the honors, Joel? Cowboy Bebop, as we've said before, one of the most prolific shows of all time. A little thing called Trigun. Never a little heard of thing it. called Yu-Gi-Oh. Never heard of little that. A little thing called Cardcaptor Sakura. A little thing called Initial D. Mystic Adventure. Running in the 90s. Eurobeat intensifies. Like... Like I said, sometimes you will get five shows in a year, mm. in a year that will really transcend and hit pop culture and stand the test of time. We have here in one season mm -hmm. some of the most iconic shows of all time. Just Bebop, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Cardcaptor Sakura alone are pillars in their respective genres. Trigun is a show that we've actually talked about at length. We had an entire Trigun episode where I have espoused the fact that I think that Trigun's not as good as everyone else thinks it is. I, I still think it's good. I don't think it's great. But either way, regardless of my personal opinion, Trigun has stood the test of time. That is for sure. Same with Initial D. But holy cow. What yeah. a set of heavy hitters here. That Trigun, obviously, like I said, we've done an entire episode, so we don't need to rehash that one too much. But just that. <coughs> Sorry. Uh, Vash the Stampede. That you know, post-apocalyptic future. Initial D, one of the greatest racing anime of all time, showed that you still hear that theme song, that da 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 da, da. But then, Cardcaptor Sakura and Yu-Gi-Oh! Two of Kids the biggest WB. shonen mm -hmm. and shoujo shows ever. Yeah. One that got adapted... Kind of decently, but horribly butchered in other places for a kid's channel. And then the other one, which got uh, <laughs> horribly butchered to try to make it a shonen series in America instead of being a Sailor Moon-like with slightly more mature themes in Japan. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So I'll... I'll admit, I never really watched Card Capture Sakura. Obviously, I was not in the target demographic. I saw maybe two or three scattered episodes, but I know, obviously, many, many people hold it near and dear to their heart. Like I said, it is a pillar of shoujo. It is one of, well, actually, I should probably call it Magical Girl, not shoujo, um, but it yeah, is a pillar yeah. of the genre. Again, Studio Madhouse, and funny enough, Studio Madhouse did both Trigun and Cardcaptor Sakura. What a season for them. That must have been some uh, whiplash there in the studio. It's just like, okay, which one are we working on? Uh, the post-apocalyptic space western, or are we working on the, the magical girl show? I, I, yeah, I, those I, are very, two very different departments, Sunrise. I would imagine. Sunrise going nuts between Cowboy Bebop and Outlaw Star. Which are now and... instantaneously, yes. 
and brain powered, which is Sunrise doing what Sunrise does best, Mecha. I was going to say giant robots. <laughs> yep. Hey, yep. That just scrolling down a little bit here. I've never heard of brain powered and it's uh, P-O-W-E-R-D. We're dropping the extra E here because who needs that extra E? Um, but you have Legend of Basara, which is, I would call it a lesser known one. It's one that I have not seen, but I've at least heard the name Legend of Basara thrown around. I mean, I've every heard now and Fancy then. Lala thrown around a lot more. And uh, that's another one that came out this particular season a joint production uh, between our pals Kiyoani and uh, Studio Pierrot. So uh, that is a, mm, that's, that's some quality there. Um, yeah, we've, uh, it, I'm like, I'm just skimming through this and there's a bunch of stuff here that I'm, I'm just looking back on and trying to Let's remember. See, what's if the craziest looking thing here that we don't know about? Because I sort of picked out Silent Mabius on a lark for the last season, but let's pick out another one of just, what looks really crazy. Uh, we've got one that references in the year 2010, so we've already blown way past that. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, uh, I'd say gosh. the one Actually, that jumps I out kinda... at me, because there are some that I'm familiar with, like Lost Universe, which was by the creator of Slayers. It's yep. just Slayers yep. in space. Dude, and then there's yeah. Vice Cruise, yep, which, Vice of Cruise. course, has like the most famous quartet of male voice actors who are still working to this day, including Dio Takehiro Koyasu. Um, but what jumps out at me the most, actually, is something we didn't get in the United States, Beast Wars Second Choseime Tai Transformers, See, the anime adaptation of Beast Wars. I, I was tempted to call that out, but I'm just like, yeah, no, there's probably a reason it didn't make it over. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at this and I was like, I, I could believe if you told me oh, this got adapted and brought over to the West and you just missed it, I would have believed you because this looks like something that would have been brought over on early Toonami. Oh, yeah, like especially when yeah. they were bringing over the Transformers anime and even when fresh Transformers anime was dropping and it was being uh, imported over, um, you know, again, because of the Toonami boom, you would think, you would think that this would have been cherry-picked, especially considering how beloved Beast Wars was in, in the West. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I, think, I think Beast Machines, depending on when it came out, I think Beast Machines kind of killed Beast Wars' uh, yeah. momentum, unfortunately. Yeah. Sidebar, the, the one we were talking about that's set in 2010, uh, it's called Android Ana Maiko 2010. I kind of really want to see this now, like just... <laughs> reading over what, what do they think 2010 was like cool that have just it, it yeah. says in the year 2010 the japanese radio industry is in decline to reverse their flagging ratings a station staffed with perennial losers makes a daring gamble to hire the industry's first android on-air host Maiko is cute but it will take more than novelty to win over the fickle audience especially with the crew as inept as this one like so that's, it's that's it's a radio like a good time waiting to wait happen. a minute i just realized <laughs> So is this a radio drama? But um, <laughs> also uh, now that I look at it, this is a short form, so that's another reason why it was definitely not brought over. Uh, Bravo, Joel. <laughs> Sorry. Also, seinen. Seinen in manga as well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, back uh, back then, it was all about can you sell toys? At least yep. in the late '90s to early 2000s. Merchandising. Merchandising. Exactly. I mean, and not for <laughs> so nothing, Jason, uh, what you just brought up is part of the reason why Bebop almost didn't get to finish. Like, yeah. it, it's documented that, you know, it was a hard sell because they couldn't market it through toys. So that's it, kind of it, like uh, Gundam back then, too, until yeah. they started making Gunpla and everything. Like, Gundam was a big money sink as well that didn't pick up until they were like, we can make toys off this. <laughs> yeah. So like Bebop, it, you know, it, it almost fell victim to this same issue uh, of yeah. this period of anime development. So yeah, it's, it's insane to think like how close Bebop came to, to not even being able to grace our screens just because of this model of, mm -hmm. of anime production. Yeah. But anyway, a lot uh, of them, one more that I'd like to call yes. out before we move on to uh, summer. Yep. Look at DT Atron, another one by Studio Sunrise, Sunrise. and yep. tell me that's not knockoff Shinji. Oh, it absolutely Oh, God, is. I thought that right away. <laughs> yeah. And there's it, clearly uh, a giant robot in the background, too, on top of it all. This is just knockoff Shinji. It's not even subtle. 
Oh yeah. No, they're, they're just like, Hey, what, what do, what do kids want in their, uh, mecha anime protagonist? Uh, I don't know. Let's get the crying kid from Ava. All right, sure. <laughs> let's just well, do that. They, they did pretty well over there. That must be what the kids want. Yeah. It's like, no, y- y'all missed the entire point. Oh, it was wow. An original I just, anime. So sorry. I just noticed when this particular anime started dropping and I just have to laugh. So uh, this dropped on my 13th birthday <laughs> in oh, 1998. Wow. Nice. wow. Yeah. So wow. April 17th, 1998. That is that is when this show started dropping. That is, that is hilarious. Incredible. Uh, Any last wow. ones that people want to shout out before we move on to the summer season? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Because yeah, we, we well. already hit the... Actually, I, I want to just double back to Trigun for just a moment. So this is an interesting mm. one before we move on. Um, I, I would argue it definitely occupies a similar place to uh, Outlaw Star, except it was initially very successful both in Japan and in the West. Uh, it has the staying power, particularly because of you know the, the appeal of Vash, um, but it's definitely one that I think, uh, even though people still know who Vash is when they see it, they're like, okay, it's the guy from Trigun. I feel like it's it's starting to kind of lose a little bit of its its previous luster just because, again, the march of time. But it's hmm. it, it's it's still a very iconic, very anime anime. <laughs> so it's, oh, yes. It is undeniably <laughs> an anime anime that regardless of my personal opinions on it, it is a hell of an anime anime. And yeah, I think it's one that most people should at least watch once. It, absolutely. Like it even was, though I have my gripes with it, I think it is worth the watch. It is very hmm. good. It is definitely emblematic of its time there's some great characters nicholas d wolfwood stands head and shoulders mm-hmm. just as an incredible character to this day no doubt yeah. um and but, it's, uh, it's, it was so, fundamental enough that uh when i i ran my high schools as far as i know first and at least at the time only anime club one of the first things we watched besides Akira, which I'm surprised we still got away with, but we were doing that after school. So cool. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Was Trigon because this was, you know, early two thousands. This was one of the must watch anime because of the initial wave of Toonami. Yeah. And I would call this very appropriate for high school that I I don't Mm -hmm. remember there being a lot of blood. There's certainly nothing that I would call like, outright objectionable this probably bumps into pg-13 range but yeah you know certainly nothing rated r here also one of the first notable roles for one johnny young bosch uh yes indeed the dub of this is well remembered because of his performance and that was one of the first things that really helped him break away from his previous association as you know the second black power ranger <laughs> it's mm-hmm. like oh, which know, is johnny what i knew him as the anime you know what- guy <laughs> Yep, and you know what Johnny Young Bosch also played? Lelouch in Code Geass. There's your reference for the week. Hey, Boom. there we go. <laughs> I'm surprised we, we didn't get the reference in at Cardcaptor Sakura because the uh, artwork uh, by Clamp. Clamp but yeah. Oh, yeah. Right. Two references. Ooh, d- yeah. doubling so up. Moving doubling up. into summer, interestingly enough, uh, we still have Trigun, Yu-Gi-Oh! and Cardcaptor Sakura airing. Yep. And not accounting for short forms or TV specials, there is only eight shows this season. And three of them are those three. So there was only five new full-length oh, shows. Actually, no, I think the one, one of these, them. You know, Holy no, two good of these God. were already, yeah. Two mm. of these actually, um, there was one, uh, Sakura Momoko and um, Bakaso Kyokai Let's Go Max were actually on the previous one. We didn't mention it, but there's only like three new shows this season. But one of them (laughs) is held up as one of the greatest series of all time. Not necessarily the most iconic and public consciousness, but for those in anime, Mm -hmm. Serial Mm -hmm. Experiments Lane, Stand Strong. I forgot that that was 98. That aired on G4 Tech TV. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Oh. That Mario, our our good friend mm-hmm. Adam, uh, you know, named his daughter after this series. Sure did. Um, and and one of our uh, one of our good friends, uh, you know, offline who has been in early digital era entertainment productions. Uh, I'll never forget. This was one of his first big anime that he went hard and got like the expensive collector's edition of when they first dropped it. Like I've only seen just the first couple of episodes, you know, a bit of a mark of shame, but also this was really heavy and that's never been, you know, my, I have here on my shelf. Mm -hmm. One of the things I still have from 
my days of working with Funimation because they paid me in box sets back in the day. Yep. That I have <laughs> the special edition Blu-ray release of Serial Experiments Lane with the art book and everything. Like, it was a nice freaking set. Yeah. And I'll admit I haven't actually finished it either. It, it's okay. But the point <laughs> is, this this is also all the more mind-melting when you consider what the main focus of this show is. This is... Oh yeah, this, late nineties internet, everything. But yet, it is it it has yeah. like the soothsayer predictiveness of Hideo Kojima, <laughs> which again, nineteen ninety eight Metal Gear Solid. Just saying, <laughs> like it is absolutely mind melting in its own right. Um, so there's a reason why, even though it hasn't had that mainstream uh, level of recognizability, like your Cowboy Bebops, like your Triguns it is still remembered as like one of the goats. Yeah. Because it this isn't... Mm. Sorry, go on. I was going to say, this isn't public consciousness level, but you only need to be one or two steps into anime fandom to hear Serial Experiments Lane. That this isn't some like super, super hyper niche art house thing. This is if you're into anime, you have to be into anime to know about Serial Experiments Lane, but you don't have to go deep into anime to hear about Serial mm. Experiments Lane. Exactly, yeah. exactly. It's, it's, it's one of those that would have been one of those top 10 for the year, no questions asked, that over time, you know, people might forget about it, but the people who saw it and really, like, saw it, they carry that torch. <laughs> mm. it's, oh, man. This is anime's pulp fiction, I almost feel like. <laughs> In the sense of just, you know, the... The Tarantino film that's regarded as just, you know, such an art house thing, and it wasn't the big Hollywood blockbuster, but, and, you know, kids today growing up might not necessarily know the name Pulp Fiction offhand, but you don't need to be, you know, a hyper film buff to know about Pulp Fiction. You only need to be that half step into it to have heard that name, and I think that's where we land here. So, Joel, mm. what you're telling me is this was 1998's Odd Taxi. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this, yeah, this was Odd Taxi 98. Like, <laughs> that's that. If you need an elevator pitch to sell somebody on it, and you know that they've I seen mean, Odd Taxi. It's not a good pitch when it comes to the type of content because Serial Experiments, Lane, and Odd Taxi are wildly different when it comes to their actual content. But if we're talking about the, the accessibility cerebral, and cerebral the nature of each show. Know about it. Yes, yeah. Yeah. and mm. also the surrealist elements that play into both shows. Like they they're very different okay, kinds of surrealist that. elements, but they are yeah. surrealist uh-huh. as heck. So Pilot, shall we move on to the next taxi. season? I think uh, before we jump into fall, oh, my yes. one uh, note one here is uh, Nightwalker Mayonaka no Tante, <laughs> oh, uh, Nightwalker the Midnight Detective. It is notable in my opinion. Uh, for being the first appearance of Visual K uh, goth rock band from Japan, Bucktick, performing the theme music, in this case, opening to a occult, or in this case, very specifically, vampire anime, because they would go on to do uh, the openings or endings to Trinity Blood, Shiki, both vampire series, Mm. trend here <laughs> and Gegege no Kitaro. So, yeah, <laughs> it's a very interesting kind of horror mystery type show. And uh, yeah, Bucktick, Chef's Kiss, love that band. <laughs> My one oddball pick for this season, just because it sounds so fun, it's a short form, uh, so not one of the eight full shows that are being released in this season, but just because the name. Super Milk Chan, yep. brought by Studio TBA. That It's literally called <laughs> Studio TBA, according to what we have here. Milk Chan is a girl who lives in a house stuck on the side of a building with her two sidekicks, Tetsuko, a paranoid robot that looks like a bottle, and Hanage, a green blob with a mustache. Milk is poor and she can't pay the rent, especially after her attempt to extort a local family fails. After she is saved because the president himself offers her a job, some sort of secret mission in parentheses, Milk-chan answers the phone to receive missions from the president by saying something like, quote, Hello, Bank of Hokkaido, just kidding. 
after getting her mission, Milk Chan and her sidekicks take off aboard the Milk Six helicopter to go on her mission. Did I tell you this is a spoof of the 1970s spy thrillers or some sort of Bond movies? Smiley face. <laughs> there is a smiley face in this description. I can tell you right this now. This is wild. It's, it's crazy because this aired on Adult Swim. It was licensed by uh, ADV Films. I picked out another one. Like, I swear, I'd never heard of this before. I thought I was just picking yeah. out a random one that never got stateside. Oh. You're telling me that Adult oh. Swim got this? Now, I forgot yes. where it aired, but I, I was like, I have definitely seen that bandied about in the, in the early days. It started out <laughs> as a flash animation online. I, I swear this is an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, yeah, no, this it's, just serendipity so... is... it's amazing. And like the dub is ju like, it's like an Excel saga type thing. Oh, I Watch bet it's the an dub acid trip. Because, oh. oh yeah, it's an acid trip. But the translation is so good because they have to change references to Western pop culture. Oh, there's and... probably a bunch of Japanese culture references that they had to look. Oh, yeah. Oh, almost certainly based oh, yeah. off of what the original source material was and what they were parodying. <laughs> like You would have yeah. to do that back so, in that it time. It is amazing. It is definitely notable. Um, so gonna try not to rush it, but looking at the time, fall 1998. Uh, I, yes, I would uh, like to, I'd like to take the, the top of the list here, please. Please. Because this, this is easily like, I, I skimmed through while we were reviewing uh, the rest of summer. And I would argue the first one on this list is one of like the heavy hitters. It's, mm, it's a little it show has two by, of the uh, biggest studios of all time attached. Yeah, just, you know, by, by these little studios, yeah. uh, JC Staff yeah. and frickin' Gynax. The full title. And they were busy this season, too. <laughs> yeah. Full, full title. Uh, Karashi Kanojo no Jiju. You probably know it as Karekano. <laughs> or one of his Gainax's, and her circumstances. Yeah, his and her circumstances. Like, one of the most legendary Gynax non-robot shows. So this, uh, this dropped in October famous. of 1998. Just most no famous rom-com, I think, of all time, really. Truly. It, it it was one of the standards for, you know, the the, the romance anime for the longest time. Like, that is, it, it, even if people don't know of it now, they've certainly heard of it, even in this day and age. So it's like. I fall in that category. Have not seen, have heard of his or her, his and her circumstances. I yeah. do know that name. So, like, Katakano is, is like, it is a legend in that particular field. 1998 was stacked. Hey, let's take a look at the one right next to it because this is another weird one. Uh, and then there's also uh, another one right below friggin' Karekano uh, on this page. Both so, of them. Uh, I'll, start, I'll start. You know what? I'm going to go down first. We're going to start with Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. Um, yeah, Bubblegum Crisis. It was kind of a big deal at the time. <laughs> kind oh, of God. a big deal. Like it was one of those. Anime I got the that, whole thing. Yeah, it, it was one of those anime that, like, even if you didn't know about anime, your local video shop probably would have had something with Bubblegum Crisis there. It was one of those that, like, I knew about before I even started paying attention to anime because it was just around. Same. Like, if you if you went to, like, your, uh, you know, Sam Goody's, F in the chat for Sam Goody, <laughs> like, uh. or Suncoast, <laughs> Suncoast, like, the, the uh. original, like, go-to for He's anime stuff heart. in the analog in the analog days like bubblegum crisis was one that you would see and if i remember correctly feel free to this is one that on i've this. never seen i obviously have heard the name and i saw it around and i always just sort of assumed that it was because uh the girl it's waifus bottom it, line I mean, yeah it's it's a waifu show waifus in in power armor like yes please yeah. absolutely but the interesting thing and again please feel free to fact check me but if i recall correctly for the dub of uh bubblegum crisis uh it had Kiefer sutherland in a, in a major role like i remember this um that was distinction that was armitage actually. armitage okay i remember i believe it was, it was armitage those. dual matrix or armitage three had him in it. I think it might have been Dual Matrix, the you know second what? Yeah. one. I'm sorry, it was Armitage. It the problem is, and again, this is this is like one of those one of these things is just like the other kind of deals. Like there's there's a lot of aesthetic <laughs> similarities. <laughs> so I'm just like, wait a minute. I'm pretty yeah. sure Cyberpunk. I was pretty sure it was a uh, Bubblegum Crisis. Yeah. Thank you for fact. I'm, I'm looking at the uh, cast list on Wikipedia right now. That name doesn't appear here, but there's a couple 
Armistice of these the third, are, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. Most yeah, of these third. names are no longer around. At the top four were Christine Outen, Kelly Mason, uh, Man- Manison, um, Laura Chapman, and Hillary Hag, H-A-A-G. But there's a couple names here that do ring some bells. Chris Patton, Spike mm. Spencer, and John Swayze. Mm. So, yeah, um, but Bubblegum Crisis Tokyo 2040. Uh, this is not the original Bubblegum Crisis, but uh, yes, it is. Reinterpretation of the is, original. Yeah. Yeah, that, that series is one that, like I said, I've seen around, uh, Mario mentioned that it was just sort of all around that you would see it at whether it be a Sam Goody or like a Sunrise, uh, those sort of, the, the video stores that carried anime, that it, it was a big seller because like we said, waifus, but also waifus and power armor. So it definitely, uh, it offered some really cool things that we don't normally get in American media. So there was that niche to fill. Yeah, and it, and aired in, that, uh, it aired on Encore Action as well. That's actually how I was uh, introduced to it. Yeah, I, I feel like I've definitely seen ads <laughs> for that. And, and you know, speaking yeah. of things that you would have been uh, aware of at the time to a degree as the, the big anime boom was hitting hard here in the West, um, Majusuchi Orphan, uh, you definitely mm. have seen the PlayStation 2 cover if you were into PlayStation at the time of the PlayStation 2, because, oh boy, they tried to, to make that a thing. <laughs> they, they tried so hard to make that a thing. So the, the anime for Orphan uh, dropped in 1998. JC Staff, by the way. Um, we also have Devilman Lady talking about, you know, other interpretations of, of well-known uh, legendary properties. Uh, Saber Marionette J to X. Like, I haven't heard Saber Marionette as a title mentioned in a while. Um, same with Master Keaton. Uh, that's one that, again, I haven't heard in a long time, but it's one of those I think definitely has, like, slipped through the cracks uh, over time because I remember that was, that was like, kind of one of those that I would see here and there but never actually, like, get around to checking out. Um, for, for context, uh, Master Keaton is, um, it's basically a spy show. Uh, Taichi Keaton is a half-British, half-Japanese archaeologist and SAS veteran of the Falkland Wars. He solves mysteries and investigates insurance fraud for Lloyds around the world. It's like, it's one of those that that looked really interesting, but you just never got around to it because it never got mm. the right kind of push. Um, but it's one that you would still see, like, they were, they were trying. They were really trying. <laughs> it's like, hey, look at this classy stuff here. I'm just skimming through to see if there was anything so, else of note here. The so big the big note, in my opinion, hmm. Jiku Tante Genshikun, which was adapted for Fox Kids by, of course, Saban as Flint the Time Detective, which had a theme song that literally had a sing-along at the bottom that was just speaking in caveman, Humba, Humba, Humba. So it's like a voice <laughs> act, like a voiceover came over the end, and it was just... Oh, something went wrong in time because of the villains. Let's go back in time and fix it. And you had this little, like, tiny caricature-ish caveman guy with a giant mallet that talked. And it was just off the rails bonkers. It was it was that time period where it was like, oh, this looks like a kid's show. We can bring that to America. And the theme song is what sticks out in my head. Like, just the hundaga, hinda. It was, it was ridiculous. Oh, so that, that's the one that jumped out at me from this season. Yeah. Amazing. Uh, but I think we're, yeah, yeah I think that brings us to the does end. It. Yeah. What yeah. Year, though, the this is just sort of burning through things pretty quickly. And like we said, so there was a whopping 23 full shows that were released in the summer season um, or in the spring season, then eight in the fall, uh, or sorry, eight in the summer. And then in the fall, we've got something like, you know, it's around 18-ish, but it's just so much less than what we get nowadays. But you still see some of these very storied names. JC Staff is around. Uh, OLM is around. Toei Animation, Madhouse. But then you also have Sunrise. some studios of years past. High Filmmaker, never heard of him. Studio Dean, I know him. Studio Piero, heard of him. Uh, APPP, never heard of him. Gallup, never heard of him. And some of these might be around still, you know, kicking as 
uh, smaller studios nowadays. But it's the type of thing that uh, some of these really big players have stood the test of time. Mm -hmm. And the fact that there are so many iconic shows in a single year that 1998 isn't particularly special, that if you look around at any given year, you will realize that every year we get some really big ones. And it's just interesting to see, wow, especially for us in the West, since we didn't get these at the same time as they were released in Japan, that our perception of when they were released is going to be a bit skewed, very naturally. Mm-hmm. So to look back yeah. and say, oh, these actually hit the airwaves and were being produced at the same time. The fact that Yu-Gi-Oh! and Cardcaptor Sakura were released not in the same year, but the same season is mind-boggling to me. And just a really fun way to explore the history of anime and walk down memory lane at the same time. Absolutely. Um, and again, echoing my, my thoughts from earlier in the episode, 1998, hell of a year. <laughs> for, hell of a year. For, I mean, that, was, fans that was of video the year Pokemon started airing in America. Oh, geez, I that's it, right. Really? I thought that it hit the... Yep. States in 99, but you might be right. Nope. 98 was the year it started airing yeah. in America. Yeah, because I had mm. just started high school the following year, and it, it was just, like, still riding that initial high. So, yeah. I was I was oh. constantly late <laughs> in middle school. I was constantly late because I would not want to leave the TV so I could finish watching Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, you got to catch them all. <laughs> that's a, yep. Oh, that's my God. Way. Indeed. <laughs> Well, thank you all so much for joining us on this wonderful little uh, journey down memory lane. Mario, thank you so much for joining us today. Glad we could have you. Be sure to tune in tomorrow at 4 p.m. Eastern time. We're going to be having our next radio drama. It's going to be a double feature of Winnie the Pooh films, the Winnie the Pooh movie from 2011 and Pooh's Heffalump movie. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be family friendly that uh, we are not going to be deviating much if at all from the script and we have as a cast determined that we are going to keep any improv that we add to it will be family friendly so if you have younger siblings younger cousins that you want to let know about the show it is going to be a fine time for them as well and even if you're you know our age still tune in going through it all it's actually impressive just how well winnie the pooh holds up that it's fun there's some really delightful wordplay and just good writing all around that there's a reason talking about things that have stood the test of time that Winnie the Pooh remains strong as one of the most beloved series and characters of all time. So we hope you'll join us for that one tomorrow. As always, you can follow uh, us here on Twitch, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and YouTube. And on YouTube, you can see the trailer for our upcoming, uh, I always have to get the phrasing on this right, honorable mention winning trailer for Kokoro no Pro, our upcoming wrestling dating sim that's being headed up by Mario and RJ. You can check out our sponsor, Image Anime, at imageanime.com and use the code DISCOUNTSHIP, that is D-E-E-S-C-O-U-N-T-S-H-I-P, for free shipping on orders of $100 or more. And you can get digital era entertainment merchandise from digitaleraentertainment.streamelements.com. Thank you all so, so much for tuning in. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane, and we will see you next time on Digital Era Twitch.